Life is messy, our minds are messy, success is blinking messy. Join me, Charlotte Hopkins, on the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, where I'm opening up hearts, minds, and souls to navigate life's unique messiness. Exploring identity, culture, belonging, and success, I, along with some phenomenal special guests, will be sharing my own experiences, as well as impactful theories and top tips on how I help people unleash their incredible potential to take courageous action and build a life that they love. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. Hello, welcome back. So as you know, this is me, Charlotte Hopkins, and the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, and we are plowing our way through, week by week, my amazing guests, and I'm excited, like I was, and like I always am, to introduce Donna to you, but Donna's played an extra special part in the journey, and I'm not entirely sure I might not get emotional on this one, but... I'm going to try not to, because as you already know, I like to keep it together. Um, But when I started working with Donna, I had this kind of realization around disappointment and like feeling like a burden. And I've kind of explored that quite a bit and felt like I was making progress. But one of the areas that I was really stuck on was the direction that I was going in and the direction that my business was going in. And I've been chasing my tail and chasing like random opportunities and the money, which anybody who started a business will know that we all chase money and we all make want to make sure our business is kind of really viable. And I got to the point where I was chasing my tail so much that I just felt like I was going around in circles. And this is where Donna came in. So before we dig into that story and um, kind of share a little bit more about the guilt and the anger and the oh, the bitterness, I'm just going to ask Donna to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her. Hi. So I'm Donna Little um, and I am a coach and confidant who works with small business owners. Um, and it's really about kind of just being alongside them on their journey, however they need me. I don't kind of have a set program that I work through. It's very much guided by the client that I'm working with at the time. So it's navigating their way through life, business and how those things don't happen independently of each other. And we've got to kind of navigate our way through that process of, yeah. like you said there, about kind of chasing the money, trying to make a business viable, as well as living our lives and staying true to who we are. And I think that's definitely been the hardest part for myself and most of the people that I work with. Yeah. And I think probably just as well, you don't have a set program, especially with me, because I would have definitely taken you off track. (laughs) 100%. Like, why are we doing that this week? Let's do that next week. Let's do this this week. Yeah. And it's really interesting because for me, it was the emotional aspect of it. And I was following everything that was really logical. And I think much like most business owners, we think we know what we're doing and we then look to other people. And I just found myself chasing like other people's dreams and other people's ways. And this idea that there was lots of these kind of gurus that were going to tell me and help me make my my fortune and help me find this success and and all of those things and I think one of the things that really attracted me to working with you was you are the kind of yin to my yang so the the calmness of energy is really really what I needed um, and I wonder whether you attract quite a lot of energetic people 
like yeah, absolutely absolutely and I think that's one of the things that I've always kind of described myself as the grounding force so it was allowing people to be themselves and be in that energy but kind of giving them that really safe space to explore what lies a little bit deeper because I think there's a lot of that kind of surface having to show up in our businesses having to feel like we have to be in a particular way when we show up yeah and so it really allows the space to just drop the mask be yourself really kind of come back down to earth and I think those kind of creative people like yourself who are in that kind of high energy and it's something that I would say I don't really live in that space very often um so it I think it's it's really useful to have that kind of opposite as you say that yin and yang of just given a kind of a really calm ground and space for somebody to just explore all of those things and then come back to themselves yeah yeah I remember the first um day that we worked together and you literally said to me I want you to close your eyes and I was like what now <laughs> and he went yeah I want you to close your eyes I was like okay and then I kind of kept one eye open and like peered through like a very slim slight eye and I was like oh god she's actually gonna have to she's actually gonna make me do this and I remember feeling really resistant because I'm somebody who's always pushed out and pushed down and suppressed those emotions. And it worked for me for a really long time. This energy of being able to kind of bounce from, from place to place and project to project had always really worked for me. And I hadn't been able to do that because I hadn't the projects to bounce from, for one. There wasn't the work, there wasn't enough work coming in to fill my or deplete my energy levels, which is kind of what I feel like now. I'm like, where's my energy? Bring my energy back. Um, but what I found when I when I did that process, and grounding is absolutely the word I would use, is there was just this sense of after I got through the unease, because that definitely was really icky. And I don't know whether I've admitted that to you quite as much <laughs> as it was. It was really, really uncomfortable. And I felt really icky when I was doing it. And I guess part of that was because it was early days working with you and, you know, didn't really know you as well then. And there's lots of things, isn't there, when you first meet somebody? Absolutely. But, oh, the discomfort. And I remember you saying to me, where, where are you feeling this discomfort? And I was like, in my head. And you went, really? <laughs> Just ever so gently. I was like, no, it's in my chest. No, it's moving to my belly. No, it's in my chest again. And I remember just being able to actually feel it. And that was really the moment I understood that I needed to ground myself and I needed somebody to help me ground that energy that, you know, wasn't serving me in the way that I really wanted it to serve me. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I remember that so clearly in that you can tell quite often when somebody answers a certain question, but like their mouth says one thing and everything about them says something completely different. Yeah. Um, so being able to just connect with that and connecting with yourself, like for me, I would say that's one of the most important things that I do when working with clients. It's about helping them to really connect with themselves. We lose yeah. that connection you've described before about kind of looking at gurus experts things like that other people for the answers and yeah. that process of coming back to yourself and connecting with who you are and what you're about and how you do you 
it's it's difficult we avoid that most of the time we kind of I think we focus a lot on all of those negative aspects we've maybe been told by other people or we tell ourselves about who we are and so we avoid that and we try to be something different that process of coming back into the body feeling yourself and, and knowing the kind of feelings you're feeling in those moments of discomfort is really really important yeah and I didn't like I've always thought I was somebody who used my intuition and I remember thinking I need to to get back to that and why can't I get back to that and you when we did that activity you asked me to kind of describe what I was thinking and I remember thinking like a maze yeah and whereas before I I kind of logically was able to navigate this maze and I just couldn't. And the vision that I had at that time was me stood at the front gates of this maze with a map book thinking, I don't really know how to, to use the map. And it's really interesting because I do what you taught a lot now and not, not really as that, that maze come back recently, but I remember kind of doing it a few, few weeks or months after working with you that first time. And I found myself, I remember visually, like visually seeing myself in a coffee shop in the maze, working the best way to navigate. And even then it wasn't about using intuition so much. And it wasn't until I was really able to step back and, understand the emotions that were holding me back and that was probably a massive like jolt to the belly and to to the gut this feeling of guilt that I wasn't like bringing in enough income for the family and that meant my husband had to continue to work even though he didn't even want to give up work this pressure that I'd put on myself to you know retire him was completely my doing um but it then made me kind of move my actions based around guilt and then I was looking at all these other people who were doing things that I could see that I could do and I literally was just fueled with bitterness and anger and I don't think you can logic yourself out of that no no definitely not and I think it's something we all experience and you know it was it kind of fueled a lot of our conversations as well around that idea of seeing other people doing what we know we're capable of doing and just questioning ourselves as to well why weren't we doing it like that why weren't we as successful as those people why weren't we putting ourselves out there and I think that kind of growth journey that I've seen you go on you know over the the time that we've worked together and the time we've known each other has really allowed you to connect with yourself and yeah. know your worth and you know be able to stand up as you yeah. and share all of those parts of you yeah people ask me like all the time clients I work with saying you know did you ever experience imposter syndrome and I laugh and I say no <laughs> like my ego has never <laughs> been small and I've talked about this quite a few times over the last few few episodes of the podcast and I've always been confident in my ability. I've never really looked at other people and thought, I wish I knew what they knew or I wish that I could do what they do. What I looked at and what I was looking at other people for is why have they got the success that I haven't? 
And it wasn't so much a kind of comparison in terms of skill set or worth, but it was a, a, a comparison in terms of what am I not doing right? Yeah. And that was more and more frustrating. So the more I looked at people doing, and often people with less experience than, than me, and the more I looked at what they were doing and achieving, it was the more frustrated I got. And we've talked lots about this, about the the, the way that our brain works and the fact that we we go out and we search for the evidence that we're thinking of. Yeah. So the more I was thinking, why am I not doing as much as them? The more I was real, like I was searching for the evidence to prove that I wasn't as good as them at, whether it was marketing. And how many times did I tell you, I'm no good at Facebook lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I say, I still tell myself this now. Um, like how long did it take me to do a podcast, which anybody that knows me knows I love to talk. So like the whole process of like having that positive mindset feels really cliched, but it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And it was stripping back some of those feelings as well. So, I, you know, exploring what that was all about and what that was bringing up was kind yeah. of the huge part of that for me, kind of witnessing your journey is it was so important to feel and understand, you know, you talk before about kind of logic and things, you know, <laughs> through and, and we do have that logical part. And, you know, as you said there about the fact that we're searching for that evidence. So, you know, we're not looking to find something, you know, we go, oh, we think this is true. And our brain goes, yes, it is. And yeah. I can show you all of this evidence as to, it's not going, no, that's not true. This is the evidence to suggest. We have to look for that ourselves. So we yeah. have to start asking ourselves different questions. Yeah. We have to start reframing things, Yeah, you know, and like you say, going through that process of guilt, of anger, of frustration, of bitterness, yeah. and kind of feeling our way through all of those feelings to understand what that says about us. Yeah. And then, just, sorry, I was, I got excited then. I was talking to my husband about it and, and I won't go into detail about kind of what we went through, the journey we went through, because that's for him and, and for me. But one of the things that we joke about is how difficult I was to live with. And <laughs> it wasn't that I was so much miserable, but I was constantly pondering. I was constantly yeah. in my own head. So I was distracted all the time. And I am distracted all the time. I'm one of those people who's constantly thinking, thinking, thinking. That's just kind of who I am. And I accept that. But this was constantly analyzing. Why do I feel bitter? Why have I got that feeling? What does that feeling mean? What's the word for that feeling? Because as somebody who's very intelligent and articulate and has worked within the addiction and mental health space for a really long time and does professional and personal development and all the stuff that I do and all of the qualifications that I've done, my emotional vocabulary is pretty poor. So there was all of these words that I was using and bitterness wasn't a word I used at all no. really. But no. now it was the perfect word to describe how I, was, how I was feeling. And when you understand or you can name it, it absolutely makes sense. But even then you have to be able to feel through it. So my poor husband and my kids will have had to kind of, live with me going through the motions and I was telling Shabnam in the last episode that at one point I asked him if I was a narcissist and he was like no why would you <laughs> ask that but I was searching for this evidence of being self-centered and self-absorbed and you know a, a, a really 
unhappy and healthy person. And as soon as I kind of went, yeah, that's not, that's not who you are. You're just, it's just an emotion. Yeah. It's just a thought that they don't allow you your identity really that that click went off in my brain that said okay well who are you like who who are you who do you want to be but in fundamentally who are you intuitively and that was the moment I think that for me I was able to really have a turning point with you because I remember turning it to a session and saying I have this epiphany and and I think this is what it is and I remember you just going uh yep (laughs) I've seen that for a long time so there was just something about working with you that there was never anything forced for one um but two it was that safe space where you allowed me much like we even just this episode you allow me to have the narrative and then just beautifully reflect it back so that I can hear myself and it's a really important part I think of understanding who you are in identity but also what that intuition looks like yeah yeah absolutely I think I'm a huge believer in you know this journey is yours and you Mm. know it's allowing you that space to explore every part of who you are what makes you you good bad the ugly all of those parts and embracing and accepting that and I think that's one of the things like by not having set programs taking you down certain paths yeah one of my recent clients described me like a compass where I would always show you what true north was it was yeah. never about kind of That's showing you yeah, showing you you know this is the path and you've deviated come back it's like let's just go wherever you want to go but this is north and and we'll keep yeah. reminding you so it was never about you know and I think it's one of the things I've always struggled with in describing who I am and what I do and even before we came on to the podcast yeah. about what I was going to say is because it's not about kind of giving you a, I'm going to give you the you know the 10 steps to success or anything like that it's like I'm going to be here with you on your journey yeah. and I'm going to just listen when I need to listen I'm going to ask questions when I need to ask questions that help to move you forward on your journey I'm not dictating where yeah. we're going or how we're getting there. I'm just alongside you, reminding yeah. you of, you know, the the kind of the goal that you'd set yourself. Yeah. It's so funny because I was chatting to one of my success coaching clients yesterday and um, we were talking about the kind of that future planning. And one of the things that is a real strength of mine is the ability to see the potential in other people. And we've yeah. talked lots about this, haven't we, over the, over the years. And um, and I see such potential in this particular person. And he has the most amazing skill set. And it's taken me four weeks to sit on my hands, like <laughs> to try and control my excitement. And he's finally went, I think I need to think about this. And that idea of being a compass is probably not what I would describe myself as. <laughs> the cheerleader that will continue to cheer for your team is the person I will be. But my goodness, it was so hard to not allow my version of what success for him would look like to infiltrate the coaching sessions. He has to get to that himself. And now we're there. I think we will skyrocket. Um, But we, I had to allow that. And 
I think that version of success and what it looks like is really easily manipulated in in kind of a modern age and and that's been conditioned for various different reasons and I guess depends on you know the culture and stuff you come from your, your version of success will be very different but to me that version of success at the time was all financially driven it was all about making a legacy that was going to you know create wealth and create Jimmy Choo shoes I love shoes <laughs> I love bags I love clothes and jewelry but I realized whilst working with you that that wasn't what that success was and and I was really fortunate that I did see success within my business whilst working with you and I did see significant growth and and we've seen significant growth this year more than any other year so far and we're only three months in but it doesn't mean the same as it would have meant previously because and now my version of success is really different so when we talk about just holding people's spaces for their version of success I'm really curious about what your ideas of success are for you so I think I realized that I started to hit my version of success last year, which was very much about creating the business that I absolutely loved. So it was doing the things that I loved, being able to meet up with clients in person, travel to go and work with people. Um, only ever a small number of clients. I realized like I kind of was... I guess trying to, as we do, follow somebody else's path that it's been about fully booked and all the rest of it. And I think kind of the end of 2021 into the beginning of 2022, I realized that actually for me, that's not what it looked like. It looked like having four clients and that's all I ever wanted, giving them as much support as they needed. They could drop in and out of that however they wanted, but it was having the time, the space and the energy to yeah. just enjoy my life. And that was what success looked like. It was having time with my partner, being able to go wherever we wanted, travel, going, you know, just even go out for day adventures with the dogs and things. Yeah. And time with friends, find myself and the yeah. things that brought me joy in life. And so for me, success is very simple. It was, I think I tried to kind of put a monetary value on it. And that is always the thing that kind of pushed me off track was, you know, you were hearing what success looked like to everybody else and you weren't successful if you, you know, weren't flying on private jets yeah. and, you know, doing these £10,000 masterminds and retreats and all of these things. And I was going, but they're not me and that's not what I'm about. And so success for me is just a really simple life. It's having enough time and money to do the things that bring me joy with the people I love. And yeah. it's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And I hear so many people talk about that. And I think COVID was a, a really good catalyst point for that. But I think people have been feeling it for a really long time. And like a lot of the people I'm working with at the moment um, are looking for exactly the same thing. They are usually highly skilled they've usually got qualifications coming out of their ear holes they've got masses of lived experience but they just are on this kind of hamster wheel that you know whether it's kind of creating a business that's making six figures or whether it's it's working in you know an organization where they're managing like really complex teams um 
fundamentally people are looking for just a quieter calmer life now I don't know whether that's the age demographic of the people I also work with maybe <laughs> maybe Who would not? Um, I definitely work more with 40 45 plus um so there is definitely that aspect of it but I just think that people or certainly the people within my communities um and, and my audience definitely are looking for something different to what they're used to having yeah and what they're used to having is almost that conditioning from very early age um around what success should should be yeah yeah I definitely think for me it was it was realizing that I just didn't want to do the hustle I didn't like it felt like you know we talk about kind of money mindset a lot in in sort of the coaching world and how it creates all of these blocks but there was almost this drive to six, seven figures. Like when I started in the online space, it was about like, you know, 1K months, then it was 5K months, then it was 10K months. Now you've got a seven-figure business. And mm. it was just this constant hustle. And the more I looked at it, the more I was just like, that's not success to me. That That's just too much. It's, yeah. It would deplete every part of me to try and strive for something I don't even want to achieve. So really stripping that back to go, I just want a nice house. I want the time. I want the money to be able to just be me and to yeah. be able, like, if I can show up in the world as me and I can help other people to do that, that's success for me. Yeah. And I think it's that authenticity, isn't it? And I think, you know, I talk a lot about impact and influence and, people I work with want more impact and they tend to want to be more influential and that is their version of success. But when I dig it down, it's, it's often on that authenticity level. Yeah. And I do, you know, take what you, you did with me and take, take it into to the work that I do because so many people are very thought led, they're systems led, they're process led, they're work led, they're on other people's agendas that they haven't slowed down and, allow themselves to really think about who they are outside of the working dynamic and and I think that was one of the biggest things for me in that shift of what success was that I went into Kimby with a very set version of what I wanted it to look like and COVID gave me the space to think actually that's not what I want I don't want that and I want my business model to to change and adapt but through the process of working with you as well, I realized that there was parts of, of me that had never allowed myself to understand who I was enough to be able to say, no, that, that's what I want to be doing. And I was searching for this kind of 20-year-old Charlotte that, you know, was really like motivated and driven and ambitious and full of grit and determination but she also was unskilled and had these personal abilities and had this ability to just jump off the kind of cliff and work out how to put the parachute as we were, were jumping down. Grown-up Charlotte's a bit more sophisticated. Grown-up Charlotte wants to know, has it been health and safety tested? Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte, she wants to know whether the cliff is actually very big or, you know, could I just fall in the sea instead? So Charlotte now doesn't want that, like, high octet octave octave I'm not sure that's the right word but high level of energy in my life I want a much more calmer 
a um, calmer existence, but also I want to be able to show up authentically just as me. And that, that, I think that's the whole concept behind gloriously messy me is that, you know, on the, on the, on the seams of it, my life has been quite structured and yes, there's been messiness, but lots of people don't really know that because I don't share, I've never really shared a lot of that, but actually I was embarrassed by it. A lot of the time I was, you know, wanted to make sure that it was perfect and that what I was showing was, was perfect. And that's not the case. No, no. it's no. gloriously messy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm messy. Yeah, and and that kind of, for me is so beautiful in that, like, because that does go through that process of we become really self-aware. We learn who we yeah. are and and how we do us authentically, and and it's a process. We kind of test and refine. We think we find parts of ourselves, and yeah. then we suddenly like kind of step into it and go, "This doesn't feel right." Who I'm at today, kind of thing, and you, yeah. it can be very you know a scary process to go through but that self-acceptance that we talked before about kind of the good the bad the ugly the messy parts of us that you know we have to go through that process of self-acceptance to really shift ourselves forward and really step into and own who we are Um, and it's we don't always like what we find in there and like you described there about you know, we don't want to show up. One of the things I know that I've struggled with is more recently, if I couldn't show up as me, I didn't want to show up at all Yeah. because I felt like it was a lie. I felt like, you know, this kind of, we see it all over social media and things where, you know, you think everybody's living this fantastic life and doing all of yeah. these things. And I wasn't feeling that. And equally you don't necessarily want to show up in the wound kind of state of process but it was a struggle to go well I don't feel safe all the time to show up as myself I don't know the places I can be me and and it's okay to be that person and I hope that that's what I create for my clients is they learn that safety you know to be able to go actually it's okay to be me yeah. And I can be okay as me outside of this space. And it's building that confidence up. Yeah. And, and it's being able to step out into the it's, world. It's also having that, like, it's okay to be different things to different people. Exactly. There's this, you know, I am never not going to be energetic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I saw a meme this morning where there was this, you know, there's like the talkative husband and it said behind every talkative husband. And then they flashed to this woman like jaded in the corner, <laughs> exhausted wife. And I laughed and I sent it to my husband and went, remind you of anybody. You know, my poor husband has to put up with me all the time. And to the point where I was working with a group of um, lived, a lift experience panel a couple of weeks ago. And at the end of the session that I'd never met most of them, this was the first time I'd met them. So I was with them for like two hours. And they said to me, oh, we've, um, we've, we're setting up a support group. And I was like, oh, amazing. Who for? Your husband. I was like, <laughs> thanks. Why? And they said, because he's got to live with you in the amount you talk. And I was like, great. <laughs> now, if Charlotte previously would have taken that in a, a b- m- bit more defensively, just laughed it off because I knew it was from a, com- a place of kind of compassion and humor. And I'd been able to show up authentically, yeah. you know, the sweary sarcastic compassionate person that I am I was able to show up and show that full person I even got hugs you know I've literally met them two hours so I think it's an understanding that 
it's okay to not be perfect all the time. And that has been a real, like a really hard thing for me to accept on my kind of journey for success, that I can have impact on people's lives. I can be influential and I can show that through the work and, and me as a person. Um, and that might not hit my version of success, but actually it's a chipping point towards what success looks like for me. Yeah. And, and that's it's, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting when you were saying there about kind of like being able to show up in that way. And there's something like that's really, really important about that ability to show up as you and to really connect with people on that level that it wasn't having to kind of pretend to be somebody that you're not or yeah. you know to to feel like you need to be that person to be liked to be respected to be seen as the expert it was like yeah. you can bring all of who you are yeah and just be you and that actually is what creates that true connection with people because they see that true version of you yeah and the kind of the whole of you yeah and I think it's a really important lesson to learn so I guess just to kind of like wrap us up a little bit really I I definitely think that one of the most important things that people need is somebody to hold that mirror up and you just do that so perfectly well and that safe space which we kind of mentioned earlier and and I just want to explore that a little bit more before we we wrap up. And and that safe space to me was somebody who was able to maybe be a bit vulnerable, um, which I don't do easily. Um, I'm not sure I shed many tears, but I'm pretty sure I shed some tears. Um, and that that kind of lack of judgment and and everybody judges people. And I defy anybody who says they're not they're, they're non-judgmental because we all make judgments. It's just about acknowledging those judgments. But what I would say when, when I worked with you is that safe space felt uncomfortably comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like it was meant to feel uncomfortable, but I felt that I was able to share that vulnerability with you as well as explore, you know, why things weren't happening for me, but what should I do next? That that ability to be a sounding board, for me, that's what that safe space looks like. If people want to work with you, what kind of support do you offer um, to be able to, to, to do that? And who do you typically work with? So I tend to work with kind of creative business owners, people like yourself, people who usually have that high energy, loads of ideas, like kind of feel like they, you know, flit from one thing to the next, can't keep your, your kind of your mind on one thing for very long before the next idea comes along. As we talked before about kind of being that ground and force. Um, and so the way that I work is, it's very, um, it, I don't know how to describe it. I want to say it kind of just has a flow to it. So it's not, yeah. as we described before, it's it's not about a program. It's support as and when needed. So yes. I tend to work with clients. I would say probably over longer periods of time, we maybe work together for minimum of six months up to like 12 months and, and longer. I've got clients I've worked with for a couple of years yeah. now because they can dip in and out of that service. So they don't have to sign up and, you know, work for us every week. You know, you yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, it, the, the way the sessions work is based on what they need in that moment. So 
if they need extra support, then we add in extra support. If they need the support to, you know, take a step back and only have occasional check-ins, we do that. So it just has its own flow and that's really dependent on the client. Yeah, and um, it's totally bespoke. It and is. I think that's the beauty of it, that, you know, even I work in a fairly structured way, but it's completely bespoke to, to that person. Um but you are totally unique to that person. Yeah. It is literally what shows up for them that week or in that moment or in that that challenge in time. And, and I think one of the beautiful things about you is that you're able to, because of your training and your professional background, as well as then who you are, you can really hold that space for those people who are quite chaotic at yeah. times. And I definitely would say that I came, you know, I'm quite an organized person, but when you've got so much going on and you don't really know who you are, your your capacity to, to manage that can be really challenging. So I think what you're able to do is, is soundboard. You're like a human Trello board. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was going to say, like, in my mind, because like being able to kind of take all of those ideas and, and put them out. And, yeah. And like kind of be able to just know where they are and be able to kind of come back to the ones we need to yeah. come back with. And, and as you say, it is very bespoke. It's just about kind of following where you lead yeah. and being able, I would say one of my biggest skills, and I'm only sort of learning to embrace that the more I learn to embrace other parts of myself, but is that being able to respond? Yeah. So one of the things that I found about kind of not creating a program was because trying to dictate somebody's journey and the steps yeah. they were going to take, when you get to that kind of true essence of who somebody is you can't do that they can't do that as yeah. you know you can't map out what that's going to look like so just being able to respond to whatever comes up because you we can come with a plan you can come with all of these ideas about what you're going to talk about and today I want to talk about this but inevitably yeah. you get into the session it's something completely different yeah. it takes you in a completely different direction and for me, it's been able to respond to that. Yeah. It's been able to hold all of those pieces yeah. and then be able to kind of go, can we just revisit this thing that we were talking about? And, you yeah. know, I can see how that fits in now. And, you know, it's like I always kind of imagine it a bit like a giant jigsaw. And yeah. you get little pieces, the more you can learn about somebody, the more they learn about themselves and find parts of themselves. And then suddenly you start to see that picture come out. Yeah. A bit yeah. Like you described before about being able to see the potential. And I think that was one of the things we've always worked so well together. Yeah. In, there was always that kind of return in that sense of you could see what was happening and what I was doing and be able to kind of help me to see that as well so in that journey of just building all of those pieces and you know kind of being able to embrace them piece yeah. by piece yeah totally and I think one of the things for me is that like your ability to be that kind of critical friend but that confidant so that person who can you know be professional friends you know so people don't need more friends usually they need although we have become friends but you know people generally don't need more friends yeah and I think what we what they do need is people to be able to just have a a, a kind of good meaty conversation with and I think you just do that really really well so I would urge anybody who is kind of in that like crossroads that 
that is finding themselves going round in circles and like I liken it to a dog chasing a tail you just watch you like they just go round and round and round and round they might stop for a minute and go I'm focused and then they just go back the other way like I think anybody who is it finds themselves in that position who's listening and thinks I just need somebody to ground me I just need somebody who I can you know chat to and offload to and help me find my way, then Donna is absolutely the person to reach out to. And if you want contact details, we will pop them in the show notes, but you can also reach out to either one of us on various different socials. We are still probably slaves to far too many social media platforms, but you know, it's a good way to contact us. <laughs> but thank you so much. Honestly, it's thank been you. amazing. To, and I didn't cry. I didn't get emotional, which I thought I would at the end. Next time. Um, yeah, next time. <laughs> Um, Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode.